Hello, welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham. Um, the season is all done and dusted. We've had 18 weeks of combat. Uh, we know who's going up, we know who's going down. And as ever, um, Sal and Ali from North London and myself are going to talk you through it. Sal, how are you? Are you good? Dan, I'm a bit down at the minute, mate. September just, I just want about seven days. September's one of them sort of gloomy months, isn't it, really, now? Because I'm back at work, annoying. Cricket team's over, yep. more annoying, and the weather's going to change soon. It's going to get dark again and miserable. So it's almost like you know the, the end is near. But you know I'm going to hang in there till till next April when it all goes off, off again. So yeah, yeah, well, I know what you mean. Got 34 weeks of I don't know. Is that how many weeks here? Oh, base. Oh, yeah. no. 34 weeks of non-cricket related stuff can be quite a a tough one to get through, can't it? But um, there for the grace of God and all that. And you've had a busy weekend, Sal. I believe they're giving Premier League games to any old umpires now, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? If you play the right amount, you get the, you get the right game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, I was I was um, yeah I was I stood in a Premier League game this Saturday, which was a fantastic experience. I'll come to later on, but yeah, um, over the moon to get that appointment, um, and hopefully you know more in the future. But there's a lot of hard work to be done, you know, in between. Um, the season when it starts and when it does start for me to carry on getting that kind of level of game. But yeah, it was a really good experience. Probably enjoyed it. Well, congratulations. And it, being serious, you know, they, they don't, they do not hand these games out to anybody. They're, they're serious games of cricket, as, as, as you know and I know. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, fair, fair play to anybody who's asked to to, to, to umpire a Premier League game. So congrats, mate. A good way to end the season, I suppose. It was a nice way to round it off. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, as I said, got, got told last week, buzzing all week, really excited about it. Um, Thoroughly enjoyed the game and still with a guy called Jamie Crawley, a really good colleague. Um, so we got on really well. That always helps as well. Um, but yeah, as I said, something that I'll you know um, look back on um, with lots of sort of you know, satisfaction and enjoyment. Yeah. I tell you that there weren't seventeen run outs and thirty five penalty runs or anything, were there? You know, it was all it was all pretty straight down the line, was it? We had a runner, but um, that was okay. We kind of dealt with that. Yeah, I love that. yeah. When I saw a runner coming out, I thought, oh come on, please. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it was fine. It was okay in the end. Cool. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, so, in the Premier League on Saturday, I mean, we, we traditionally start at the top, but I guess uh, we, we know who's won, and that's Teddington. They were deserved champions this year, and we'll get to them in a second. But I guess the real interest was at the bottom, right? And that was that was sorted out when Shepherds Bush came to the party against Richmond. Yeah, Bush didn't relent at all, did they, going to the final um, week of cricket in the league? Um, and they've secured second place, so well done to everyone at the Bush. Uh, I think probably, that's the highest place in, from what I remember for quite a few years now. Um, defeated Richmond by 105 runs to Richmond now we're playing Div 1 cricket next season uh, 285 for 9 George Collins 88 and Howard Bywater was 53 Richmond unfortunately couldn't get anywhere near that total um, 180 all out it was that that Bush attack this season has been so potent they've really had a great season some great sort of um, bowlers in terms of in the seam and spin department and again they all came to the party wickets were shared around as I said in Richmond unfortunately looking um, that season did one in 2023. Yeah, I mean, chasing 285, particularly with that bush bowling attack, is always going to be a challenge. But um, I know when we went down four or five years ago, it took me about two months to pluck up the courage to say to Carlos Nunes that you, you don't get relegated on the final day, actually. It's the whole 18-game thing, isn't it? And I, I guess Richmond will look back and see a few games where they could have got a few more points um, and a few, a few chances that slipped away. But ultimately, they were they were fifteen points off of Twickenham, weren't they? I don't know if you followed um, that game in any detail. I did. So when I finished my game, or we at T, I was sort of following along. Um, Nick Brown was at, at the game, so he would give me updates. Um, so I mean, you have to look at Lazarus for me. So I don't you know. A great comeback by Gurdjieff Sandu. Um, 
I mean, I thought he was out for the whole season. Next minute, he's rock up and take was it four, four or five weeks he took. So did I. I write a little preview for our website every uh, Friday morning, and and they had a Carlos had a twelve that he was picking from, and, and Gucci wasn't in it. Yeah. Um, and, and I've got no idea when when he became available. I mean, I, I think there was a little bit of we'll keep this under wraps in case it doesn't come oh, off. Okay. Um, but the first time I became aware of it was about eleven o'clock on Saturday morning, and, and you know I'm club secretary, so so yeah, it was very much um, kept under the radar. I think partly because Gucci Gucci is leg playing football. Um, it, right back in the spring and so hasn't played any cricket uh, and I know he's been been getting better but um, yeah it was a surprise to all of us when he turned up and played and obviously taking a five for in that sort of game he, he, he you know he did the job didn't he? He did I mean with Richmond losing it was in, 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 in material, in material yeah, yeah, whether you guys yeah. won or lost but you didn't know that at the time did you so you go out the intention to win <laughs> um, and, and to beat Crouching at home is, is no mean feat. You know, they're very strong at home. They rely, you know, heavily on their spinners who, who take lots of wickets and they've got a strong batting lineup as well. Um, so, as I said, Gurdjieff played a massive part in that in that, in that that victory, taking five wickets, Crouching all out for 175. We did see some sort of bright lights for um, Crouching, where Joel Curtis scored 46 and now holds a new record. So, fantastic achievement, Joel Curtis. Congratulations from... For me, I'm sure Dan as well. Where from my thoughts in terms yeah, of absolutely it's a phenomenal performance, breaking yeah. a new record, you know, in Premier cricket. Um, you know, he can say we've had a whole season in cricket, 18 games, but still he has to do, he has to get the runs, and he's done it. You know, some great, some great in the season, many memorable games where he just took bowlers apart. Um, when we come to next season, I'm not sure. We are hoping to get one before he goes back to Australia, so hopefully we can get it sorted out. But yeah, a great achievement from Joel. You know, I'm, I'm, he's probably looking back and thinking. The one record I should have broken as well was getting the most centuries. And he had two really good chances in the last two weeks, basically 98 and I think it was 94 it might have been. Um, but I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's pretty pleased with his efforts so far this season. Yeah. Well, if that's the only criticism we can hurl at him, he's had a pretty good year, hasn't he? He has indeed. <laughs> too many 90s, Joel. Come on, sort it out. You know, that's, I, I'll take that every day of the week. Yeah, um, fantastic not. I was also thinking for Crouch End, I, I suspect there was a few of their players walking off the field thinking, we're going to end up fifth here. But it didn't pan out that way, did it? Because, of course, they got two points for a very close finish. We tried our level best to chuck it away, Sal. You know, we, we, we lost yeah. three wickets very, very in, in sort of collie-wobble fashion at the end. But we just about got there. But it did mean Crouch got two points. And that meant that uh, even though Stam, uh, Stanmore won, they beat Hornsey. But with those two points, Stanmore couldn't, Stanmore couldn't catch them. So they finished a point behind. And they probably didn't expect North Mid to... Um, well, they didn't know what North Mid were going to do, and they lost, which meant that North Mid couldn't get past them either. So, um, Crouchend did finish third, which all in all is probably a you know a pretty decent achievement. Yeah, I mean, they'll be they'll be you know known the people behind the scenes and and, and the captain here and Pratik, the vice captain. They do have high standards, and you know last year they, they excelled and won the league, which is an amazing achievement for the club. And I'm sure you know next season they'll be looking to get back onto that kind of trail of being. You know, titled contenders, um, which I think they see themselves as, and there's no harm in seeing that way as well. So, yeah, I mean, third place, they lost the semi-final cup. They've probably been thinking, can we get to a final? And the top three finish will take that. But unfortunately, they got knocked out by Eating last week. Um, but yeah, as I said, it just shows as a club how the strides they've made. Um, they won the league, finishing the top three this year. And I'm sure next season, their goal will be to get back and become champions again. Yeah, oh, they'll be they'll be going going for the top place, won't they? No doubt about that. But I do think you know third place is never a disaster in the Premier League. You, you've always done pretty well if you're finishing third in that level of cricket. So you know, congrats to that to, to them as well. And of course, the same would apply for Stanmore, a newly promoted side. 
Um, you know, they, they, they are at one point behind Crouch End, they're in fourth, and they had a pretty convincing win against Hornsey to round off their campaign, didn't they? Yeah, and also saw Steve Reingold join the 1,000 club this year. So we've had four players this season scored over 1,000 yeah. runs, and he's one of those. And we obviously seen Joel Curtis is uh, top in the charts, but Steve Reingold had a phenomenal season in the back this year. Um, you know, it shows the improvements he's made in his game in the last sort of two or three seasons. As, as I said, scored 1,000 runs, hit, hit another century on Saturday. Um, Stanmore beat Hornsey by seven wickets. Uh, George Crowley scored a 54 Hornsey as they got 2-1-4 for nine. But, you know, Ryan going in the form that he's in, no hanging around. And a race to victory, winning inside 37 overs. So, you know, as you said um, just a few minutes ago, I think, you know, they can look back on the season Stanmore in, 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 a, in a real positive way and think, you know, we, we've held our own in, in the league, had some really good, um, you know, victories this season. Um, are in the League Cup final. And they've got a lot of good young players coming through the ranks as well. So I think the future is very bright for that club. Yeah, they've done well, haven't they? Absolutely. Um, and talking of sort of, you know, the future being bright, I mean, North, North Middlesex have not had a great end to the campaign, have they? But they, they have got a whole host of players who we know can perhaps play a bit better than they have over the past four or five weeks. And they, they turned up with a few of the superstars to, to play Teddington, didn't they, in week 18? They did. Yeah, they did, Dan. Um Luke, Luke Holman and Joe Cratner were both available. Um, but unfortunately, one of, the, one of the other youngsters they've got on the production line is coming through the ranks. A uh, young lad called Jay Mark Madan, I think you pronounce his surname, or Marden. Mm-hmm. Um, first, team, first team debutant, scored, top scored of 47. And that's no mean feat. You know, he took on the A team that regularly turned out for Teddington and Andrew Brewster, Abhishek Jinjawala as the Pollock. Jindjawala, you know, these yeah. guys are you know, top level bowlers and sort of held his own against these guys and scored 47. But again, North Mid's batting was, you know, something they'll be thinking about next season. How can they improve on that? Let them down. And um, Tennyson had no problems at all in chasing down a 2-1-3. Joe Ludlow, uh, a new signing this year, who's, who's coming to the side, scored down by 100. So, so Tennyson ended the season the way they started it with a victory. Yep. So that leaves them 15 points clear in the end, um, which I think is a fairly, you know, is, is a... Is is about the right margin. I think they are definitely more than a win better than anybody else, and that's uh, Shepherd's Bush in second, and they are, you know, they're what eighteen points at a crouch end as well. So uh, there's a bit of a gap there between between first and second, and second and third. Um, the game you were involved in, Hampstead Ealing, that was always going to be six three seventh, wasn't it? And Hampstead ultimately won that one, so they finished six. Is that right? Yeah, Hampstead ended the season well, um, defeating Ealing um, by 77, 77 runs in the end. Um, it really ended well, didn't it? Had a good, a good last month. I definitely feel their side. I was talking to Ben after the game. Ben Fraser, the captain, and he, you know, he definitely feels they've underachieved. Um, he thinks with the players they've got, with one or two additions next season, maybe in the bowling department, they can be serious title challenges. And I, and I definitely agree because their batting um, Saturday was you know, that top six was very strong, and they had two two out. You know, we play um, Grayson and John stuff in their surnames are who are two good batters as well. So with the squad they've yeah. got. I definitely feel next day could be definitely challenging if they if they add the right players in in, in I think it, especially in the seam department they've got Flock Rose comes back good spinner if they get Stephen McGiffin back the overseas as well you know he's a very good, good all rounder yeah. um, yeah. them two on the side and they maybe as I said recruit one or two coming to into the bowling department I definitely feel they'll be a side look out for next season because they've got what well, they've got as well they've got some seasoned hard cricketers and I looked when I was on Pine Saturday I sort of looked around their side and I thought this is a proper team you know these guys. They kind of mean business, um, and they know what to do. They know what about the world on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know they're also quite experienced. And, and good, good on Bendai. They did pick two young lads who played on Saturday. Um, one of them young kid called Jacob Bohr, playing his first um, first seven game. I think just, I think done the sixteen maybe. 
He was involved in a really good run out, which got rid of Scott Empton, who scored 40. Um, uh, Needing had a young lad called Hardrick Rajan, sir, who scored 50. So, you know, both clubs sort of blooded a few youngsters, uh, which is always good to see in the season. Get some good experience in for, for, for their future careers. But, you know, ultimately it was Hampstead who, who came out on top. Um, and as I said, end the season pretty well. And I'm sure Ben's sort of hoping next season they can just continue as they've ended the year and really sort of kick on and become a force again in, in the league. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean with, you know, if they can if they can perhaps recruit one or two players in certain areas, and that, that's obviously right, and, and they've got a core of really good cricketers. But I do sometimes chuckle when I hear things like that, because I heard, I'm not going to name the person who said it, because it's a bit, I, I don't want to embarrass them, but somebody said to me, you know, next year's going to be much better for us. Cause I tell you what, all we need is a bowler who can get 40 wickets. And I'm like, well... No shit, you know. <laughs> Any team in the entire league would benefit from a bowler who can get forty wickets. But I sort of know what they mean. They're one bowler short is what they meant. Yeah. But I thought, well, or yeah, another, you, or another two hundred runs or three hundred runs, you know. Then you, you're getting players who maybe get score four hundred. You can score nine hundred runs. You'll be you'll be well yeah, away, yeah. wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want to say, I mean, being, I mean, I've, I've watched lots of cricket in my in my lifetime, um, lots of league cricket, and you know, until you're in the middle, what what I really like to say to is how good some of these players are. You know, when you're umpiring a game with that, you know, the quality. I mean, Robbie White was playing, you know, Steve McGiffin, BBL cricketer, you know. Um, and you're in the middle and you just appreciate how good some of these cricketers are and you can just see how strong this, our league is as well. You know, I was, I was just impressed with just, you know, the, the bowling, the, the fielding, the batting. Um, it's just it's just it's another level, you know. So uh, our league's in, in a good position, I think. And in terms of the game, my, my experience is, you know, as I said, I had a great um, after the game it came off, I felt you know it was, it was tough because you have to concentrate so much and there's so much you've got to take in and there's new scenarios happening that you're not used to as an umpire, which I haven't encountered before. Having an umpire, the games I've done this year, um, but I learned lots um, and it's something that's going to you know hold me in good stead hope for the future. Um, so I actually yeah. mentioned a couple of people helped me out. And Vinod, who I mentioned earlier on the national panel umpire, does a lot of our league games, really supportive, gave me some great tips um, pre prior to the game, and also I've got a mentor this year actually, Sid Paul, who's um, one of the legends of the umpire in the MCCO, and he's he's been helping out the season with some sort of feedback. Watched me a few times as well, so those two really um sort of set me up. Um, you know, sort of some great ideas and you know just what to expect when I'm out there. But when you're in the middle, then obviously it's a different story, isn't it? When it happens in in, in person, but yeah, um, as I said, good experience, probably enjoy it. And I just want to actually mention it quickly, just goes to show how um you know as an umpire you can never think you're at the top of your game. I suppose you know Matty Watson, who's one of them, again, one of my senior umpires on, on the panel, um, you know, he sent a tweet out um, the other day, you know, and this is a guy who's umpired 15 years on the, in the panel at Middlesex. Um, you know, he's ended his 15th season. He said, plenty of things I didn't get right, but happy gave my best. And I think if that's what we can all do as players and umpires and officials, then the league's in a good good position. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did have, a, when I saw the weather turning, I did think of you a bit, Sal. I thought, oh God. We're going duck with Lewis here. This is going to get even more messy. But you, 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 did, did, was there any drips of rain that made you uh, made you think duck with Lewis might be on the agenda, or did not quite get that far? Well, well yeah, at, at, at the break, you have to get the sheet printed out. So again, two fantastic scores, Deirdre and Heather, really helpful, really supportive. So thanks oh, to yeah, as well. They are yeah, on the board. Yeah. Those so we had the managed sort of printer out. Thanks to Nick, um, and we had the sheet ready. So that 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 wouldn't have, I don't think that would be an issue. So the, the runner was more the thing that got me sweating. Rather than anything else, but um, God, that was okay. That chaos was, that was fun. when there's runners about, doesn't it? I and, it was, and it also the young lads meeting as well. You thought, no, and you thought it might be the older players coming over runners. One of the young, the youngest player they've got in their side, I think. So, um, but yeah, it was all good in the end. 
Excellent. Well, again, well done. I mean, I, I think it's a real sort of a testament to, to you know, to, to your own point that you've been asked to do it. So, uh, so, so great stuff. Onwards and upwards and all that and all that jazz. Um, I guess they're saying the same at Bronsbury and Finchley, aren't they, in Division 1? Because they are, they've been promoted. They are in the Premier League next year. And if I've got this right, the top five teams were playing the bottom five teams and all of the top five teams won, didn't they? So there wasn't actually yeah. any change in the, to- in, in the table at all, positionally, uh, uh, in, last, in the last week of the season. No. If it was like a you know your cricket coupon and you put them all down, you've been quids in, wouldn't you? Your your yes. five home teams or your, your five favourites went in. Um, yeah, Brian Finch bounced back into the Premier both relegated last season and sort of you know shown their their, their rage to go back in again and and will be playing Premier cricket next season. Um, Brian was a close yeah. one though and won by nine runs. It wasn't one sixty all out. Win, yeah, yeah. Um, and you thought Winch Winchmore Hill won for eight one five. I mean, I mean, I'm sure Brian were happy when they saw the team sheets and there was no Gatting playing. Um, because he, he, I think he made made a bit of a difference, but he wasn't available. So, but again, which one for eighty one for five, and it looked like they might be sort of like ruining ruining the party. But um, Bron Bron fought back well. Um, I think for you nerves nerves, nerves kicked in at Winchmore, and wicket started to fall, and uh, results in a run out and cue celebration, which I'm sure went on to uh, well out of the evening at, at Bron's clubhouse. Yeah, I mean it's one of those ones, isn't it? You think crikey, you know. If if that went the other way, where would they have ended up? And of course, if it had been a close finish, they'd have got points for the close finish, which would still have ensued that they'd have gone up. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I can imagine there was a, quite a lot of relief when that last wicket went down. And, and well done to James Overy and his boys. They've been there or thereabouts all year, very consistent and, um, you know, uh, um, re- respect due to them for bouncing back. Because it isn't always easy to bounce back from a relegation and, and they've done that with quite some aplomb. And I guess it's the same for Finchley, who had a much easier day when they played Wembley, didn't they? They won by 102 runs. Yeah. Just on Bronco, I mean, in, if we look at Div 1, Prem and Div 2, just goes to show the teams that um, got promotion all had really good starts. So I think if you get yourself a good start, um, I think both all three clubs almost like maybe ticks out seven from the first three games of the season. Just You have that cushion, don't you, of maybe having a, a dip later in the season and you're still within, you know, a few points of people behind you or ahead of you kind of thing. You have that sort of cushion to kick on and... You know, get a good start. So I think that's that's key. So any, I mean, that's quite a good thing to look out it's for this season. You know, totally which side get the good start? Yeah, yeah makes a bit. Well, good but yeah, Finchley, um, their game's a lot easier. Well, when, when um, sure they did actually. You're all right, Dan. Yeah, yeah, they did actually. And then it went downhill, unfortunately, after we had one of the players on the podcast. So maybe we've, we've cursed them after that. I'm not sure if that's yeah, Dan's boss or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, good win, good win for Finchley, Kelly. Yeah, maybe people won't come on anymore. They'll be scared of what we might say about their teams and might end them going down. Um, Kelly James overseas, uh, he's had a good year for Finch. He scored 60. And then, you know, um, Finch have a very uh, destructive attack with the new ball. Dave Burton, Seb Fredder Hatchet. I mean, Wembley in real trouble at two for four at one point and 21 yeah. for five. They rallied. I mean, but when I say rallied, didn't get anywhere near Finch. 112 more out. So. Yeah, it was Finchley who came in second place and they'll be joining their sort of, you know, not-too-far neighbours, Bron, back in their prem. Absolutely, absolutely. And Harrison Mary's, they sort of, in my mind at least, are getting this sort of reputation as being the bridesmaids a bit. So consistent seasons, another really consistent campaign, but not quite enough to get them that promotion slot. Although they, they didn't have too many problems on Saturday, did they, against Osterley? No, I mean, it was just one of those days where I think the sides... Who uh, almost had nothing to play for just went out. Some you know played really sort of free cricket in some kind of ways. Really, no 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 pressure on them, and and that resulted in wins. I said for 
as you mentioned, that Harris St. Mary's acting also in North London, the three clubs who was in that sort of top half of the table, aiming, aiming for promotion, all had a nice way to the end of the season, you know, um, with comfortable wins against, uh, it was uh, Enfield who acting beat and North London beat Barnes. So, yeah, I'm sure, you know, I think next season could be actually really interesting. Richmond coming down, Hornsey coming down. Um, Richmond will start favourites, I imagine, next season to go back up again. Um, and that second spot could be a real sort of, you know, humding of a tussle between quite a few sides, really. Well, I mean, you, you, we could look at Division 2 as well, couldn't we? We'll get to that in a minute. But Harrow Town coming up, I mean, and that's a juggernaut that's been buccaneering along for the last two seasons. So I'm really interested to see how they got on in, in what's now getting to be a pretty decent standard of cricket. So will Harrow Town carry on? We will find out in 12 months' time, won't we? Which is something to, to, to look forward to. And your side, North London, Sal, they had a good end-of-season win there. Nice, convincing 60-run triumph against Barnes. You've got a degree of unpredictability about them, so I'm guessing you're probably pretty pleased to end, end in such an emphatic way. And we definitely had a feel like an end-of-season low-key affair, really, because if you look at the scorecard, Barnes used almost um, 10 bowlers. They used nine bowlers. Um, so... Oh well. Wow. Uh, as I said, yeah, definitely one of the games where both sides are pretty relaxed. Two of our young guys, um, Will Burridge and Matt Riley, scored runs. And then again, with our bowling, it was sort of pretty similar as well. We gave a few guys a bit of a chance to bowl and um, ended up using almost a similar amount. So we actually used eight. So, I mean, it's, it's nice to end the season. Clubhouse was pretty busy on Saturday. Um, everyone's in good spirits. So, it's, overall, we look back on it. There's some, there are some, you know, you, you talk about Richmond and I'm sure most clubs will have a sort of similar situation. They look back on certain games and they think, you know, where do we lose that one? Another win could get us into a stronger position. But we can't really be too disappointed with our, with our finish. Actually, I'd say more our points total an actual finish because actually come come fifth in the, in the table itself. But, um, you know, we're in a season where we've had sides, you know, five sides score over 100 points um, and 17 points split first to fifth, which does show how strong that sort of top half was this season and to be in that top half is something I think Alan and the captain should be really happy about and the boys as well who contribute to that Yeah absolutely you picked up on something I, I noticed as well I mean North London finished fifth at 118 points which by a mile is the most points that any side who's finished fifth in first 11 cricket has achieved North Middlesex got 100 in, in the Premier League um, Indian Jim Carter finished fifth in Division 2 with 93 London Tigers finished fifth in Division Three with with 103. So um, you know to get 100 and, uh, 118 points is, is impressive. It does show that there's a gap between the top and the bottom of the league. But you, you guys were promoted last year, right? You you, you got to be happy with fifth place when you've been promoted. You know that's that that's a stabilising year, and, and you look to 2023 with a bit of positivity. 100. Uh, percent You know we we know where we need to sort of strengthen where our sort of maybe where there's gaps potentially. Um, and we've yeah. kind of identified them, so hopefully we can kind of fill in those gaps. And um, you know, we've got quite young squad as well, actually. So some good young players, and actually a couple of them are going away this year as well to play cricket overseas. So that's that's not a bad yeah. thing. So you know, they'll come back with that experience of playing abroad. So yeah, I'm you know I'm sure um, Alan, the captain, will be you know reflecting back on a good season and looking to build on it from for next season. Yeah, I mean, thinking about next season, Wembley and Enfield will. I think part of them will probably be looking forward to next season because they're going to win a few more games, you'd think. But also, Wembley will be disappointed in that they didn't have a bad start and yet it drifted badly as the season went on. So I think they'll be definitely looking to regroup. 
And poor old Enfield, I think they've been one of the more unlucky sides about loads of odd injuries and, uh, and, and, and weird things have been happening there. But I know Brad Sayers is moving on, possibly to North Ants or possibly to Essex. Um, and I hope that Enfield, you know, use next year to regroup in Division Two, and and you know, I I think such a good club as Enfield shouldn't be shooting down through the league. So my my hope for them next season will be that they can consolidate a bit, and then and then and then might come back at this level because um, because you know I, I do think they're a long-standing member of the league with great facilities who um, you know who, who just need to you know regroup a bit and, and find their way back. If we move into Division Two, well, um, Harrowtown have been champions for about. Eight years, um, we've known all about that. Yeah. Of course, they won at the weekend. They, they finished with a, a, a resounding victory against South Hampstead, right? So, like I said, like Tennington and Bron, you know, started to mean to go on, and, and Harrowtown finishing an emphatic yeah. season, you know, with, with another fantastic win again. Um, we're talking about players who've scored over a thousand runs. Sandra Mistry joins that club as well, who's one five four, takes them into that category. Um, you know, they, they don't sort of just continue, they? they're just, they're just like, you know, like you said, they're juggernaut. Um, and defeated Southampton by 146 runs. So, you know, I think next year, definitely a dark horse. If they keep the same squad, sure, they may recruit as well. Um, these players obviously were far too good for Division 2, so the real test will be what can they do in Division 1, and I'm sure um, the players have been aside and now event if we read on the podcast, well, the captain um, feels another positive year ahead of them. Yeah, it won't be the lack of planning. They, they clearly are a club that have got a plan and a strategy and all of their teams have done really well. Their seconds had a fantastic second half of the season and won Division 1. They'll be playing Premier League cricket next year. Their lower sides lower down have been pretty impressive. So, you know, respect you. We said it before, but as a club, Harrowtown have made huge strides in the last couple of years. Um, and it's Southgate who are going to be joining them, right? They, they won the shootout. I mean, the game of the weekend, a lot, apart from you, know, you guys playing against Crouch and maybe Richmond playing Bush was definitely this one here because, you know, yeah, first, totally. second playing third, whoever wins, is playing Div 1 cricket and it's Southgate who playing Div 1 cricket next season. Um, low scoring game though, and they won by four wickets. I definitely felt um, beforehand on paper that this game was the battle of the overseas. So we've got Trent Keep, um, who plays for East Coast Australian, and then we've got Josh Fisher from New Zealand, plays for Southgate. These two have had a really good season with, with bat and ball for their clubs. Um, and I definitely felt whoever has the biggest impact on this game may end up helping their team win the game. Um, Trent Keep was batting really well, got into his 30, looked like he could kick on from their good score, but um, if you get a chance, go into Southgate's Instagram page and watch this ball from Ben Elders, it's an absolute corker. Um, uh, left arm around the wicket, sort of pitches a middle hit surface and you know takes that Trent Keep, and that was a key wicket. Ben Elders took four for 24. Um, that meant East Coast all out for one three nine. But, you know, East Coast have shown us here they've got a lot, a lot of character, a lot of durability. Um, Aviana opens a bowling bowl spin, took four for 21, including the wicket of Josh Fisher, who scored 46. Um, but it was down to the captain of Southgate, Phil Dunnett. He kept his call and he definitely did the job um, with a 39 not out innings. And it was Southgate who are now, I'm sure, had a big party and are now looking forward to come playing Div 1 cricket next season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, another great club, you know, fantastic facilities, always enjoy playing at the Walker ground um, and good to see them having having a good season. And, and you know, it would be intriguing to see how they get on next year. So their win gave them 120 points. Harrowtown, far away in the distance, 162. East Coast ended on 107, but that gave Harrow the chance to, to leapfrog East, uh, East Coast and finish third. So and, and that's on the back of a pretty good second half of the season. Harrow, I, I'm by them last week actually, Dan, um, and I was really impressed. I've done them twice this year. 
And um, yeah. I definitely feel, you know, we, we talk about clubs adding players. I just feel, I think they're one, maybe two players away, maybe not even that really, of being a serious tight champion at with Div 2. Um, they've got a fantastic yeah. crop of young players. Um, you know, game we did last week, they had an under-14 bowling, who's a very useful cricketer. Right. Um, they've got a few other guys on the, who are in Middlesex County um, on the books there. So, and they've got two West Indian cricketers of, of, of good quality, um, Ronald Etienne, the captain, Kelly Lisporus, who, who, who's a very good bat as well. So, yeah, I think if they, they, if they can also add a seam bowler, um, I think they could be starting to watch because they've had a fantastic end of the season. Um, I'm not sure they won their club that suffer with the juniors being available just due to exams, etc. So, I'm not sure if that's been an issue next season. But if that's not an issue next season, I feel Harrow could be a um, potential challenge for that sort of top two spot. Mm. Yeah, well, they certainly come, come through very impressively to finish third. Um, you know, respect due to them there. The battle for fifth and sixth was between Indian Gym and Highgate, and they played each other. And they swapped places, right? So it's Indian Gym that ultimately going to finish fifth because they beat Highgate on the last day in what looks a pretty close one. So uh, Indian Gym have just been raising on this season. So the last three games, they've won by one, by one wicket, being nine down, obviously. <laughs> um, it was Harrowtown two weeks ago, East Coast. So Southgate last week and then Highgate this week. So yes, yeah, so the last three games they've they've won. Um they've won by winning by one wicket, which just shows, you know, again we talk about integrity against belief. Yeah, against good side. I mean, well, yeah. well against the two promoted sides, you know, Harrowtown and Southgate and then Highgate who are no mugs themselves. So it just again shows I you know, week eighteen means almost like week one to some teams. You know, you you, you just play the cricket that you want to play all season and then that was the case on Saturday. Yeah. So yeah, um, Highgate um unfortunately got defeat and as an Indian corner, good little run continued, and they ended up also, um, as you said, nearly near near a hundred points. So I'm sure they'll be happy with that, and again, use it as a springboard for next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they, they were struggling with relegation for a bit, or had relegation fears at least, but that they, they were well and truly put to bed. Um, the final game of the, the weekend actually was the two relegated sides. They they met and. Uh, neither could stay up, that they were too far away. But Ealing Trailfinders came out pretty convincingly on top, didn't they? They beat uh, the Titans by 123 runs. Yeah, I mean, Ealing Trailfinders have a disappointing season. They, you know, they, they came up last season with Harrowtown, yeah. probably had high expectations, maybe of a good run in the, in the division, and found it quite tough. I mean, one player that found it tough is Shabazz Mir. He's now also said we're talking about players getting a 1,000 runs. He's also in that sort of small group. Um, and I'm sure the question is next season, will he still be there? I mean, it just shows the player of his quality is sure he's got to be playing higher level, unless he's got, you know, allegiance, which sometimes does happen at a level to the club. You know, if he's scoring a thousand runs in, in Div 2 and dropping back down to Div 3, it's almost a waste of a, you know, a regular career. Yeah, well, being brutally honest, take those thousand runs away and where would Ealing Trailfinders be? And, and they would have considerably fewer points than 67, wouldn't they? So you, you do wonder. But at the same time, you know, I, I always admire people who, who have an allegiance to a club. I mean, I, I certainly do and you do. And, um, you know, I, I wish him well whatever he does. And if he stays with Ealing Trailfinders, then he'll be a real handful in Division 3. I mean, goodness knows how many runs he'll score next year, just like he did last year, right? Where he, he filled his boots pretty impressively. In terms of Division 3, um, we sort of knew where we were with that, um, Wickham House and, and Kenton were the sides that were were, were battling um, for the title, really. They, we knew they were going to go up, but uh, they were battling for the title. And Wickham House came out on top. They um, just about beat, beat SKLP. Yeah, close finish. I'm sure Hamza was sweating away there. Um, but yeah, they, they'd also was, been, like yeah. we mentioned, front runners early on. Yeah, they'd be front runners early on in the season. 
Um, and they're, they're worthy champions. You know, they've got a good sort of model of cricket they're trying to play there, good mix of young players. Players like Hamzo, experienced player, really good captain, leads from the front. Um, and I think they're, they're worthy champions and they've rightly, rightly taken their place in Div 2 next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and fair play to Hamza Khan. We've mentioned him a few times before, but he stepped up and took three for 14 at the end of that innings. And SKLP, were, they were 136, uh, chasing 141. So, you know, Wickham House needed, needed something. Um, and, and one of the SKLP players, Banner 8, uh, Jagdis, uh, Rabadea, he was 49 off 36 and he was looking like he was going to win it on his own until uh, uh, Tyler Malik got him so it looks like a, a real humdinger of a game to, to end the season um, but as you say you, you, it's an 18 game campaign and ultimately the, the, the table is going to reflect the whole season and, and I think Wickham House um, were probably just about the best side in, in the division although Kenton weren't far behind them were they and they, they, they had a pretty convincing victory to round the campaign off too Yeah, Cal Pushkar will be delighted that he's, he's done the job getting his side back into, into Div 2. Um, good win against Stoke in turn 2-4-2, play 1-4-3. So, um, and unfortunately, Stoke Newington will be going down with eating Hamilton's. Yep. Although I, I did notice that had Stoke Newington managed to beat Kenton, which they didn't, so it doesn't matter, uh, um, then... You know, um, that then it might have been a lot closer in terms of whether they were, were going to stay up or, or not. Um, but uh, but but they didn't, and, and they they had a disappointing campaign. I think they will have expected um, expected a little bit bit more. Um, they'll be going down with Ealing Hanwellians, who lost against London Tigers, another very unpredictable side on the day. Quite impressive. Um, Sammy Hyder didn't play, so he, he wasn't about. So um, so no Sammy Hyder watch this week, but he definitely does. Interrupt, interrupt there, mate. You made the same mistake that I did. Okay, right. you made the same mistake that I did. So I'm sure you, look, you looked at their scorecard and you open, you open the, the scorecard, don't you? And you think, okay, let's have a look at the scorecard here. So you go to the bowling and you yeah. see that he hasn't bowled, okay? So you automatically assume he hasn't played. Then you go to the, you go to the batting, right. don't you? So you go to the London Tigers scorecard. You scroll down to number 10 and 11. You see, you now Samuel Hyder. And if you scroll up, you'll see that he batted yeah. five. Get away with your man. I, I, that's exactly what I did. I didn't look at five. What would I look at there for? T- tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I did the same. Well, there you go. So, batted five, um, faced ten balls, and Trinkie scored. Well, for first question, what on earth has he done to merit batting at five? This is a scandal. He's got about six runs all season. Um, well, how many did he score? Ten balls. I reckon he got. He either got twenty-three or naught. I'm going to go naught. Second one's right. He got naught. Yeah. yeah. He got naught. <laughs> Maybe they've been listening to the podcast, man. Maybe they've been listening. He's been badgering away and saying to look, you know, come and got proved his guys like a bat. And, you know, the game went chance. So, I did exactly what um, we haven't planned this, have we? I did exactly yeah. what you said. I looked at the number 10, 11, oh, he's not there. He didn't bowl either. He didn't play. I, d- I didn't even think he might have had a five. Yeah. Right, he's done us. Done me like a kipper. That's what it says here. So it may, it may be a typo, maybe a mistake, but I'm just going by what's on here. And he's down. Sammy Hyder, um, back number five. Court. Well, Aaron Upal, Bod, Gopal, Takor, 4-0, having faced 10 balls. I like the idea of it, though, that Sammy's just said, I've had enough of this. Let, let me bat. Let me bat. And, and he's, he's gone up the order. And <laughs> I'm glad he's been as consistent there as he has been elsewhere. But as for those who don't know, of course, we're saying this because he is a legendary bowler in terms of the number of wickets he's taken. Uh, and he's taken more wickets in the league than he has scored runs. And this season has carried on that trend. So, Sammy, if you're listening, we love you. And we wanna, we, we'd love to speak to you on the pod about what is a really impressive career in the Middlesex County League. 
And if we move into Division 4, Sal, well, K-plus have ended as champions. They're nine points ahead of Old Eyes or Worthian. So that's 149 versus 140 in terms of the points. It's not um, something Old Eyes or Worthian will be losing that much sleep over because all four of their sides in the league got promoted this year, which is a pretty impressive feat when you think about it. So congratulations to the Old Eyes or Worthian's boys. They might not have won Division 4, the Division 4 title, but they did come second and got promoted, as did all of their other teams. So... Um, so that's pretty impressive in and of itself. On the last day itself, though, Sal, K-plus um, did the business against Lanka Lions, didn't they? Yes, uh, quite easy win in the end, really. Um, K-plus posted 2-1-6 and bowled at Lanka Lions from 1-5-7. Um, and Old Lions, a bit more, a bit more tougher game for them. Um, one by three wickets, chasing down a Harris, West Harris for 1-4-4. Got them for a loss of seven wickets. Um, so, yeah, they'll be, they'll be really happy they managed to secure that second spot. Yeah, I mean, and I think disappointing though it isn't, though it is to, to not win the title, coming second and getting promoted is surely something they've accepted in week one. So um, I'm pretty sure they'll accept it in week 18 as well. Um, Besborough with with a the, the late challenges there, they they had a good second half of the season. They also won um, via DLS against Friends United because there was a bit of rain about uh, at the weekend, which of course is the first weekend of the whole campaign where we've seen. Uh, um, significant rain, um, but they they got through. They won, um, but their promotion charge obviously just came a little bit too late, and they finished ten points behind Old Isle Worthians. At the bottom, North London Muslims and Pinner Challengers both went down. Uh, they played each other on the last day. That seems to happen quite a lot this year. So actually, the bottom two ended up playing each other. The com- fixture computer playing its games, um, and North London Muslims won. They beat Pinner on the last day, um, but Headstone Manor's abandonment against Kensington and Chelsea meant that uh, Hester Manor got three points and that was enough for them to stay up. So um, it's not on the Muslims and Pinner Challenges will be in Division 5 next year. Um, in terms of Division 5, well, there was plenty going on there as well, actually. Willow Leather are the champions. They're five points ahead of London Sportif. Um, um, but they did, to be honest, get a bit lucky uh, in the end. Willow Leather had a great season, but they lost on Saturday to Swami Bapa. Swami Bapa, a team who can beat anybody and lose to anybody. They've got a really unpredictable record. And, uh, and, and I don't mean that as a criticism. I just think it's really, you know, that they, they can come up with great performances or they can, uh, they can really stall. But that's the wonder of cricket for us. Um, they certainly turned up on Saturday, beat the champions uh, um, by four wickets. Uh, London Sportif, they were abandoned uh, against Priory Park when the rain came. And they were 110 for one at the time. So they were clearly flying, which meant they only got three points which means they're, they're stuck five behind um, Willow Leather. And they will go up London Sportive, but they won't be going up as champions. Um, at the bottom, Sal, what happened there? So um, at the bottom here, we've really, um, we knew that obviously um, Eden Troll Finders were are relegated along with Peshwa. Um, but Eden Troll, for, Eden, Eden Troll. Yeah, Eden Three Bridges. Yeah. Eden Three Bridges, sorry, two Eden's in this league. Um, they actually um, beat Peshwa, <laughs> didn't they? So uh, again, one eight nine they played one five six, but they were already down. So, but Pesha would actually stay up if they'd won the game, wouldn't they? So it was a bit of a, an interesting battle down at the bottom, yeah, wasn't as it? Yeah, transpires. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so unfortunately, Pesha yeah. um, uh, gone down, um, and then then we had United Sports, and this was a bit of a run fest, wasn't it, Dan? Against Perivale. Yeah, I love this one. You look at the details of this result. I mean, United Sports against Perivale, great game. 
Yep, United falls two five nine for nine, chasing two five three for seven against Provol. So again, had they lost, they would have gone down. So it was it was real. I'm sure all the three clubs were trying to check play cricket as much as they could, see what was taking place. So it must be really sort of nerve wracking situation going off these tides. But as I said, um, it was United Sports who who managed to uh, sort of stay up, isn't it? Yep, and I love the scenario. If you look at the scores there, Sal, so they're chasing two five three for seven. So they must have been on two five three for nine because they ended up with 2-5-9 for 9. So, let me get this right. You've got your last pair at the, at the crease. You need to win to stay up. Um, and what do you do? Like, smash it for 6, obviously. <laughs> uh, because there's no other way that they, you know, they've got 6 runs ahead of of, of Perivale. So, um, so, so the guy who was the hero was a guy called Pratik Patel, I assume, not the Pratik Patel from the Brem, because he was playing elsewhere. 51 not out, not out of 30 balls to keep United Sports in Division 5 next year. So, um, well played. Well played, those guys. Uh, that's a pretty impressive chase to, to, to keep you um, to keep you in the division. If we're talking about runs, though, Sal, well, as ever, Div 6 is probably the best place to go because we had another um, uh, um, run run fest uh, with London Super Kings, didn't we? Who are the champions. So congratulations to London Super Kings. Uh, Super um, Kings by name and nature as well, by looks of it. I mean, they, they am probably disgusting. They were scored 400, but 399 for seven. Um, mainly down to a fantastic double century from Abhishek Gaganedja. He scored 228 off only 139 balls, which is some going, isn't it? I say, I'm sure they must have lost a few balls when he was um, teeing off. Um, and Harry Millennium, who, who were the victims of uh, that onslaught, ended up 115 runs all out. So, yeah, so he became champions with a 12-point advantage over um, both Youth Wing and United Sporting Club, who, were, who actually both finished level and points, didn't they, Dan? They did, yeah, and um, that, that's one of those ones where we had to dig a bit deeper to, to find out who was going to go up in second place because they did have the same amount of points. Um, and, of course, Division 6 is win-lose cricket, right? So that, so there's no time cricket. So if you're going to finish on the same points, you're probably going to have won the same amount of games. And that's exactly what happens, and that's the first tiebreaker. So the second tiebreaker then is the head-to-head record. And although they beat each other once, uh, it goes then in those circumstances in Division 6 on the number of points you gained. And Youth Wing um, got 12 points uh, because they won one and then got two points in their defeat. And United Sporting Club got 11 points because their defeat was a little bit bigger, as it were, uh, when they played Youth Wing. So 12 v 11. And for that reason, it's Youth Wing that were going to get promoted. And of course, had that not been the tiebreaker, then we were in toss of a coin territory, which would have been... Highly entertaining for everybody else other than the people involved. Um, but thankfully, um, it didn't quite get to um, get to that. Um, elsewhere, well, Tamil United didn't, weren't able to, um, you know, to, to, to gain any more points. They, they finished bottom with 11. Um, and I guess Division 6, I'm not sure what format Division 6 is going to look like next year. Sal, do you have any info on that? Do we know? Is it, is no, it going to no. be, become Division 6 and Division 7 maybe? Good point, Dan. I'm not sure. I mean, this, if, if more clubs are you know, requesting to join the league, which could happen, I suppose, um, maybe they're not to extend it. But I've not heard any, um, you know, news on what might take place yet. Any so, you know, wait and see till the AGM, yeah. I imagine. Find out then. Absolutely. My feeling is, of course, it's already too big, as it were. It, it's, it's already got how many teams? Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So we've got 12 teams that I think the league would probably be looking to make that, if, if possible. Maybe two tens, um, but we will see in the AGM will no doubt reveal 
Oh, in terms of our highest and lowest scores, well, I guess three nine nine is going to take some beating, isn't it? Yep, sure is. I mean, any, any level to get that is, is going to take some beating. So yeah, um, first level score goes to the London Super Kings three nine nine for seven. Decent effort. And the lowest score this week? Unfortunately, it goes to Tower Hamlets. They had 66 all out in their game against Actonians, who reached that target for the loss of four wickets. Yeah, so relatively straightforward for Actonians. And the, the, the 399 was pretty obviously, although we have had bigger scores this season, generally from Division 6, quite frankly. Uh, that was the biggest score yeah. in the league, including all the seconds, thirds, fourths, fifths, etc. Um, but there was a lower score than 66, wasn't there? It was the Eden Trial Finals, unfortunately, their fourth 11, um, all at 59 against Old Eyes, who amassed 368. So it must have been a long day for the Trial Finals players. Yeah, I don't know anything about the background to that game, but I imagine you've been Eden Trail Finders and having to, you've probably got a weak side, you've probably got, you know, who knows, they may probably, they may not have had 11 people on the field, and then you've got to chase mm. 368 against a Buccaneer in Old Eyes. Um, yeah, tough gig, but um, that's the way it goes sometimes. I guess. Um, talking of teams that have done well, old eyes, as we mentioned, Actonians did have their party, Sal. We've we mentioned that over the last 10 years, none of their sides has gone up or down out of any of the divisions. Well, that changed on Saturday because um, their their threes got promoted out of Division 3 by beating Harrison Marys. Uh, it was a close one, 178 versus 180 for eight. And they were 15 for four and then 58 for six. But Aaron Tora got 54 not out. And, um, and took them home, and he needed to because uh, the, the, the people they were going head-to-head -head with the Hampstead Fifths, and they beat Richmond Fifths, and they'd have gone up had Actonians thirds um, lost. So the, finally, Actonians have a promotion or a relegation to celebrate, and I've got no doubt that they parted long into the night um, to, to cheer the fact that they've um, yeah that the Actonians threes will be going up a division for next season. Um, you had one or two stats on the amount of runs scored as well, Sal, that I thought might be quite... Quite interesting to talk about here very briefly. Um, what yeah, were they? Just, just, I mean, we mentioned already about the 1,000 runs being scored by four players this season, which had never happened at all. So, um, Joel Curtis, yep. Steve Ryan Gold, Shabazz Mir and uh, Sanjay Mishra uh, have all scored over 1,000 runs, which, as I said, is, is, is a new sort of achievement within the league itself. And also, I was just checking last week, actually, and just checked this weekend as well, that um, we've not had a season where um, we've had so many players score over 100 runs. So, I think there's 12 players this year who have scored over 800 runs in the season. I think the best before that was maybe five, and that was around maybe 2003, 2004. So um, just goes to show, obviously, the wickets are in a really good season. We've had an 18-week um, uh, sort of season, and they've dropped to almost. And maybe the, the format's changed um, as an influence as well. You know, playing the split sort of format of time and overs cricket um, makes, makes batting easier, I'm not sure. But the interesting sort of trend to sort of notice, as I said, um, so many players scoring that amount of runs is, 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 is a new high in terms of what's happened before in the season in the league. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's there's, there's lots that could be discussed there as to why that might be, whether it's bowling not being quite where it was, wickets being more helpful to batters, changing formats. There's plen plenty of variables that come into that. But whatever the variables are, a lot of runs were scored this season. That's that's pretty clear. And um, moving forward, actually, we're going to have another pod in the next probably 10 days or so where we, we take a look back at, at some of the highs and lows of the season and look at some of these these stats. Not, not that it's going to be a stats pod necessarily, but look at some of the things that have happened and try to, you know, try to pinpoint what, you know, what we think are some of the lessons moving forward from 
uh, from this season. Before we do that, though, there's one or two bits of cricket still left to be played, aren't there? There's cup finals on the agenda. There are indeed, Dan. So this weekend we have got um, in, in the, the League Cup, which is, again, we mentioned before, Prem and Div 1 sides enter that. Um, Ealing take on Stanmore. That's going to be held at Richmond. And then we have got a real cracking game in, in the trophy. So the top two from Division 2 will take each other. So can Harris at Town secure the double? Or can Southgate spoil the party? So Southgate play Harrow Town. And that takes place at Southgate. Both matches start at 11am. Um, so if you, you're, you're lost what to do and you don't want to go to Ikea this weekend and you're trying to nip out for one more game of cricket to watch or you know, spectate, then this Saturday either head to Richmond or to Southgate. Yeah, well, the angle definitely. I'm going to high gear at Wembley, darling, and of course Richmond ain't that far from Wembley. You can you can nip in there, or you can miss the turning and end up going past it and going up to Southgate. That's the, that's the way uh, the way the way I'll be playing. So I think I'll probably go and, and see one of those games, possibly the Ealing one, because super ways of ending the season, um, and uh, and there'll be two there'll be two interesting games of cricket for sure. So um, so I'd really encourage folks to to support them. And and you went to one last year, Sal, didn't you? You went to the North London one, and you said there was a fair few people watching. That was two seasons. That, that was the sort of the COVID season that we had. So, um, two seasons, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that, was, that was at Winchmore Hill against Winchmore Hill. That was a really good day. I mean, Southgate won the, actually the cup last year, so they won, they won course through to retain it. So, um, you know, as I said, that game's a real mm-hmm. fruity one. You've got side game for the double um, against last year's winners, uh, and both got promoted. So there's lots to play for. And again, with Ealing as well, and Stanmore, both have, you know, had relatively good seasons, but haven't won the trophy, so they want to end cap the year off with a, with a you know, something to put in the cabinet. Back at the clubhouse. Yep. Yep. Proper cup finals. They'll, they'll be good days. So if you do find yourself at a loose end on Saturday, then strongly encourage folks to go and go and have one more cricketing hurrah this summer by watching uh, one of those two, uh, um, two cup finals. There is, however, another cup final of a different context that people might want to be aware of, isn't there? Yeah. So um, I'm sure people know there's a national competition which takes place from which all the counties enter and it's based around senior cricket. So... Um, yeah, we over over fifties, over sixties, yeah, over seventies, Dan. So you know, when you get into later years and the twins are happy and married off and do what they have to do, and you want to play a bit of cricket, maybe that could be uh, something to get the old, to get the what get the whites out for, maybe. Um, you know, but yeah, so um, worth noting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you've got a good number twenty five years, mate, before you finish your career. Um, so yeah, so so our over fifty side um, have done a, have had a great season so far. I'm gonna say ours and Middlesex in general as a county. Um, and they're actually in the national final. So they're going to be playing against Essex um, on Sunday, 11th September uh, at Arundel Castle, which is a fantastic venue to watch cricket and um, even better for wow, to play there as well. Yeah. Um, so that takes place in 11th September, 11 o'clock start. Um, just some of the guys that do sort of regularly turn out still within within the league itself. Um, Rob Nelson from Bronsbury, um, James Williams from Bronsbury. Um, there's a few guys who, who used to play for, who played for... Um, Uxbridge in the past, to also playing for the for the side yeah. at the moment. So as I said, there's lots of sort of faces that are, you know, past and even present players within the, the Middlesex County Cricket League who will be in this side that will hopefully um, bring the trophy back to Middlesex. So yeah, so good luck to those guys. Um, in what is it going to be? Uh, just a few days time, isn't it? In just over a week's time, I think it is. Um, yeah, next Sunday. Um, I think Abradar actually, from Uxbridge is involved in that as well, isn't he? Abradar, um, we've got um, Navin Samaracoon from South from Stanmore, Alistair Fraser also oh, from Stanmore, yeah. um, Camish Desai, who's played for I think Harrow Town and maybe Kenton, and now plays for West Harrow. Um, Mark Rochester, I think he also plays for Uxbridge. So there's a few Uxbridge boys in there. I mean, you'll be no surprise to know, but it's, it's in a predominantly a spin attack. Um, 
not, not even players there who's sort of running off 10, 8, 10 to 12 yards and bowl nine overs in the spin. So, um, yeah, it's a very spin-led attack. Um, and, as you know, hopefully, as I said, um, it will be a, um, a good day out for those guys and they'll come back with the trophy. Yep, fingers crossed. And as you said before, proper venue. That, that is a really nice place to play cricket. So, um, yeah, very best of luck to, to, to the over-50s in there in their quest to bring back some silverware. Um, now, as I indicated before, we, we've been, as you well know, Sal, and our regular listeners will know, we, we tend to record on a weekly basis. But big apologies for anybody uh, who was chomping at a bit to hear last week's podcast. That was purely down to my own um, internet troubles in various places, actually, which, which I won't bore people with. Um, but moving forward, we probably won't have a weekly podcast, um, but we will certainly periodically do podcasts on issues that come up, on topics that need discussing. And the first of those will be uh, um, a review of the season, um, just just going into things in a bit more depth about lessons that we've learned and things that we've seen moving forward. We're going to hopefully speak to um, Joel Curtis about his campaign uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll produce that as soon as we can. And then through the winter, um, we'll, we'll pop up regularly in your respective inboxes um, as and when um, things need uh, need discussing. Um, moving through to the winter, Sal, you're, you're a football fan, I guess. So is football going to take over from now on in if if IKEA doesn't? Yeah, I'm a bit of a football fan. Also, I like my horse racing, so that will keep me busy during the winter. Oh. Um, yeah, so I might trip down to Ascot down, maybe down to your neck of the one, one, one winter's evening, one winter day, really? actually. Hook you up and say, let's go and watch some racing. But yeah, um, yeah, obviously, a bit know I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, pretty pleased with our start and hopefully it continues. And bit of racing as well so that'll keep me busy so yeah um, I'll, I'll survive excellent we can do a, i can show you the delights of ascot's culinary offerings on a race day because as a resident i get free tickets sal so yep if you're in in the house let me know and we'll uh we'll go we'll go and sample what i guess would be an ascot race course tea okay so thanks very much to everybody for listening as i say we're not going too far but we'll be a little less frequent in our podcasting but if you've got any feedback that we can take on board for 2023 we're all ears Drop us a line. Um, if you want to come on the podcast, let us know. We'll see what we can do. And, um, and as I say, winter well, we will remain in touch. Okay. Thanks very much, folks. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Sal.